Amen and amen. That sounded great this morning. All of you do. Thank you so much. If you're visiting today again, just thank you so much for being here today. I see several uh, faces that I haven't seen before. Maybe that's, you've been here, but I haven't recognized, and I apologize for that. But what a blessing to have you with us, nonetheless. It's been one of those weeks, of course, and our hearts go out to uh, Cindy and her family, of course, and the passing of our uh, sweet Mike, Michael Porter. Those are tough weeks, and uh, those of us that have been a part of that, and it just... um, I think it just makes us um, realize what we really have in the moment. We, we have each other, and I'm so thankful that you're here today. I, I, I'm gonna, I told Stan he could announce it, but I, I'll go ahead and do that since it kind of fits the, the set. You know, we're never promised a, an amount of time here on this earth, but God has blessed us nonetheless, and he gives all of us an opportunity to receive his uh, forgiveness, and meaning that we will have eternal life with him. And some lives are shorter than others. I did a 16-year-old just a few weeks ago and, and just yesterday, Michael, at 57. But today we also rejoice with those that, that live these longer lives among us, and we celebrate them. I know the Neelys, I think his mother is going to be 100 this year, is that right? Which is awesome. But today, Sarah is with us. This will be Connie's mother. Sarah is uh, the young 97 today. Isn't that awesome? Dare we do this? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sarah. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, you guys did great. I'm not ashamed to do that. I can tell you that. That's awesome. My grandmother lived to be 97, and I think that's just just awesome. Love you, Sarah. There's a story about a little girl in an orphanage. Uh, She was quite unattractive and certainly had many annoying habits, which resulted in her being shunned by the children and disliked, actually, by the staff that served her. The director of the orphanage looked around and and looked for a good excuse, actually, to move her to another facility and institution. Now, for some time, it had been suspected that she was writing notes to people outside of the orphanage. And then one afternoon, their suspicions were confirmed. One of the children had reported to the director that she saw this little girl write a note and hide it in the tree near the stone wall next to the front gate. The director hurried off to the tree and found the note. And the note simply read, To whoever finds this note, I love you. Everyone has a need to be loved and encouraged. Now, more than ever, I think, it is clear that as Christian people, we have the hope of the world, and we need to certainly be telling them about that hope in Jesus Christ. And that's how we tell the world we love them, is we tell them about Jesus Christ. We are certainly commanded to do that, and 
Yet we fall into things. We fall into even our worship service together is the most important thing. And our communion is the most important thing. And that the preaching is the most important thing. Or the the teaching is the most important thing. And all of those things are good and well and needed, needed, needed. But as it's been said many times, the greatest sign on the wall is the exit sign. To go into all the world. And teaches love. We're called to do that. Truly, we are to see and have hearts that are wide open. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, so that I might see the things that you would have me to see is our theme for the year. And in that, Jesus said in John 15, He said, My command is this love each other as I have loved you. Love each other. We kind of skip past that because. We have a circle of people we love. Don't you have a circle of people you love? Well, everybody here loves me, amen? Somebody's like, kind of. But there's a circle of love in which we have, but God says we are to love one another. And the truth is, it's even hard to love me sometimes. No amens, amens, please. But the truth is, it's hard to love. Sometimes it's even hard for us to love ourselves. In fact, that's one of the first hurdles we have to get past because we look at our lives and we see the things that we might have done. Many in this room, if they were to stand and testify and all the things, man, it would just be a laundry list that all of us would just go, oh, boy, it was pretty ugly. And others, it could be more, if you will, along the lines of, oh, wow, great, good, and all those things. But when we look at our lives compared to Jesus, Scripture says we are nothing more than filthy rags. And so sometimes what we have to do is we have to get past ourselves. We have to say, you know, I love myself so that we might reach out and love others. D.L. Moody said, where one reads the Bible, hundreds read you and me. And they do, don't they? They read us. When we leave this place, people see in your neighborhood that you leave every Sunday morning early, nice dresses, all the things dressed up really nice. And they see that among you. They, many of at your workplace might know that you are a Christian. I pray that they do. If we know that we are called to be Christ-like, that's what Christian means, of course. The question is, are we doing a very good job at it? These are things we have to be reminded of all of the time in our lives because that's what we are. We are Christians. We are to be Christ-like. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that. Just like you have to remind your children. You know, you're my son. You're my daughter. You're not theirs. You're mine. You need to reflect what we reflect in this household. Have you taken a look inside of your heart lately? It's really what I'm trying to do is to build upon that because it must come from us first. It must come from you first. It must come from your heart first. Or if not, it's just a nice outfit. It's just a Sunday event. You see, in all of this, what I guess I'm saying is I'm asking God to send you. To send you. Because I think that's what God has called us to, but I'm asking God to send you. I'm asking you to join with us to become a doer in His kingdom. 
To be a doer in the kingdom of God is precious. That God would invite you and me to come into his kingdom and give us an assignment to be able to go into the world that we might tell the world about his love. I find that so fascinating that he would choose me to do that. Isaiah said, hear my send me. I believe God is listening to hear if we would actually say, would be, we would be bold enough to simply say, here I am, send me, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. And I would encourage every single one of us this week, when you get up before your feet hit the floor, open the eyes of my heart today, Lord, and see what you see. And then we need to have a Sunday where we just raise our hand and we just testify, I think. Where we can just say, this is what God let me see this week. So that we can see that it's working among us. I think sometimes in the church we're too silent. And we should speak out. Testify so that others can see that they can have a testimony as well. That things go on in the world around us. But we can make a difference. Everyone in the world right now is scared to death of this coronavirus. It's on every newscast and everywhere now. It is though the world is about to come to an end. You know that's the truth. But my friend, there is something much worse than that in our world today, and that is that people are dying without hope. Sin is the most deadly disease of all, and yet there's an antidote, a vaccine that can cure all, and his name is Jesus. The ones that would cry out for the vaccines if they had this terrible disease or, or whatever disease it might be that they are told by the doctors that this is what you have, they would cry out for the vaccine because they long to live. They love life. And yet, those that do not know Jesus, they are dying in their sin by the millions. And we are called, you and I, we are called. We are the ones to go to them. We are the ones to talk to them about the disease that is curable. God has a remedy for that. And his name is Jesus. Give me an amen. Let me tell you what I envision here. I, I say this sometimes, and if I repeat myself, that's okay. I've been here 27 years almost. So if you heard this one in the last 27 years, 27 times, here's what I envision. I envision people knowing exactly who you are and who you belong to and where, yes, where you attend church. That when you go to your workplaces or your schools or your neighborhood, that they know, they know, they know that there's something different about you. That they know that you stand for the truth, not the lies of the world. They know that you are faithful in what you do and what you say you are when you leave this place. And that they know at the workplace or the neighborhood, if something goes wrong and something's always going wrong, they know exactly who to come to. They know exactly who to say, hey, you know, uh, my mom's been, you know, diagnosed or, you know, this has been happening or my son, man, he's been out drinking again and I don't know what to do. Can you help me with that? And you sit down and you just talk with them and you say, you know, maybe we've been there before. 
and I know it's ugly and I know it hurts but what I can do for you is I can pray with you because I believe a God I believe in a God that hears our prayers and I'll get back with you on that and we'll talk some more if there's anything else I can do if nothing else just take them out to lunch just to let them know that you're you got an ear to listen that's what I envision did you know that Jesus said he's watching what we're doing so when you leave this place he's not just right here right you know God's up here and he's watching down boy oh boy they sing those songs really good he's watching when you get in that car and when you leave the parking lots he's watching every step you make every turn you make in your life and he tells us he tells us in scripture that even a cup of cold water given in my name will not go unnoticed by me and you'll be rewarded for it I think the question comes then when's the last time you gave a cup of cold water to anyone have you thought about that lately well let me tell you mine just this week this week again was very it was it, it was one of those weeks where my head was about to blow off my shoulders from trying to put thoughts on a piece of paper to try to comfort a family but also be with those families during those times in which they need comfort because I take that very seriously so I'm sitting in my office and I'm thinking I gotta get out of here my neck's killing me and I just gotta get I gotta get unwound so I went to a laundromat yeah a laundromat I cannot tell you the last time I went to a laundromat. How about you? Why don't you go to the laundromat? Did your washing machine break down? Did Donna kick you out of the house? Or? <laughs> no. Do you want to have some fun? Do you want to have some fun and, and, and be a blessing and receive a blessing? Who, who likes blessings? Raise your hand. Everybody's hand ought to go up. The 97 years over here going, hey, hey, me. I like blessings. And if you want to have a blessing and you want to be blessed and you want to be a blessing to someone else, have some fun. Take $20 worth of quarters. Doesn't cost much to have a lot of fun. You'll spend more than that at Chuck E. Cheese's in five minutes. I'm, isn't that right, grandparents? Yeah. Take your $20 worth of quarters. My pockets were, it looked like I robbed David Dittmeyer's bubblegum machine. <laughs> and find someone, it won't take long, find someone that you can simply go up to and simply say, I'd like to buy this load of laundry for you. Just maybe two loads. Maybe washer and dryer. Just pop those quarters in. And in the midst of that, you'll find all kinds of things. You'll find somebody, no, 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 that's okay. No, I don't want that. Are you going to let that stop you? Not me. I'm just going to another one. Because I guarantee you're going to find someone that says, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that so much. And then simply say, oh, it's my pleasure. You know, that's not a phrase only for Chick-fil-A. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. 
God's been really good to me, and I just need to bless somebody else today. And here's, here's, here's one that it, it really catch you. Ask your kids if they want to have some fun. And of course, your kids are going to say, oh, yeah, 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 me. I love to have fun because they think Chuck E. Cheese. Then pull to your laundromat, pull up, and they're going to be going, what in the world is going on? And allow them, maybe you might have to show them one or two, but allow them to be able to, if they're old enough, allow them to be able to do that. And, I, and afterwards, go get ice cream at Brahms or whatever it is that you do. But I got a feeling that some of your kids, the next time you want to go have some fun, are going to go to their piggy bank and they're going to get a few quarters themselves because they had a blessing. They had a great blessing. You might say, I don't know if I could do that, Arlie. I, just, I could go up and just give $20 to someone or leave it on the counter and buzz off. You're missing the blessing. You're missing part of the blessing. Enjoy it. Absorb it. You'll never do it unless you try. You'll never know if it's going to bless you unless you try. Now keep in mind, God will never give you a commandment in your life to do something that he doesn't already give you the power to accomplish it. So if God has given us the assignment to go into all the world, that means he's already given us the power to accomplish doing what we think we cannot do. That's another beauty. And Donna says that about me. She says, you say that all the time. That's the beauty of God's word. If I'm known to say that, then praise God. Because I have a lot worse ticks than that, let me tell you. If you are a, a child, his promise that he would never leave you nor forsake you, or I'll give you the strength and I'll always be with you. So whatever the challenge might be. You see the way I choose to look at it, if God is for me, who can be against me? Scripture tells me that. So if I really believe that and I go out there and do that, I know that God is with me, I'm Okay. Even if they say, no, 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 thanks. I don't need that junk. Because I've had that several times. But I don't let it stop me doing what God has commanded me to do. Someone once said, I've got the greatest story ever told, the greatest gift ever given, the greatest love ever offered, and the way I see it, how can I lose? Just telling the story of Jesus. Offering the gift extended to all people on planet Earth. We just have to see the world through the eyes, his eyes, and discover that the disease is curable through God. Wouldn't you want to tell someone that you knew or didn't know, even if you didn't know them, if you knew they had a disease and you knew you had the vaccine for that or you knew where to get that, wouldn't you want to at least walk across the street and say, hey, I need to tell you something. I don't know who you are, but I need to tell you something. You can get a cure for that. I believe we would do that. I believe everybody in this room would do that. It wouldn't matter. And yet we see the world around us, but we need to ask God to open our eyes. Brandon Heath wrote it this way in a song. Give me your eyes. All those people going somewhere, why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see. Everything that I keep missing, give me your love for humanity. Give me your arms for the brokenhearted. Ones are far beyond my reach. Give me the heart for those 
for the ones forgotten, give me the eyes, your eyes, so I can see. God's looking, and He's not looking for excuses. He's looking for those that are willing to reflect Him in their lives. It's a challenge for all of us, and I think it's a reminder to all of us. Because once we see and we ask God to open our eyes, He will reveal that to us. And when He reveals something to us, we will then see the assignment that He has given us. Now again, I know all the excuses one will try to bring up because I've used every single one of them. You know my story, if you remember here, you know my story more, you've heard them hundreds of times. But I will tell you, I've tried them all. I don't think that God could use me. A person with dyslexic or dyslexia, I, I'm just, uh, no. King James Version, I can't even read it. How can I teach it? How can I preach it? I don't know the right words to say. I couldn't do that. That's what I thought. But then what happened to me? What happened was the eye-opening of God in my life, not the preacher that stood up front, and not my mom and dad that loved Jesus with all their heart. So I began to read God's Word for myself, not through the lens of someone else. I just didn't look at the verses the preacher gave me on a Sunday morning. I started actually reading the Bible, and as I started reading the Bible, I discovered I was fearfully and wonderfully made. I was! And then I discovered, I thought about that a minute, and I said, well, wait a minute, that might be true. Because God must have a purpose for my life, because he says he has a purpose for my life. He must have a purpose for my life, because when my mother was carrying me, she had cancer of the uterus, and they wanted to abort me. She said, no, and here I am, so there must be something God has planned for me. And I started thinking, wow. I don't really have an excuse then, do I, God? Am I going to let that, that I can't read well, am I going to let that hold me back? I don't have an excuse anymore. Because I know that I was bought with a price. That opened my eyes and changed me. And it can change you. And by changing us, it allows us to be able to help other, see, other people see that they can also change. Not to be like us. I'm not perfect. Never was, never will be until I stand in the presence of God and he says, enter into the joys of heaven. And then I'll be whole. And I'll know as he knows and I'll just be known and all the knows in the world I'll know. Because of him, not because of me. Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see is the call. I'm asking God to give all of us the eyes just for one second so that we might look into the humanity around us. And yes, it is diseased up. And I will tell you, diseases are ugly. And sin is the ugliest one of all. But it's the most curable. It's 100% curable. Not 99, we hope so, check back with me in five years, 100% curable, and it's all through the blood of Jesus Christ. Give me an amen. amen. That's the story we have. I have no idea where I'm at on this page. <laughs> the words of encouragement. Someone here today could literally change, it could change their course. You all know, saw Steve and Carter up here 
doing communion today. Wasn't that, wasn't that special? So special. Trying to just lead in that direction. We've got a couple of our young men that are getting ready to graduate, going off to Oklahoma Christian, I think. Trying to continue to plant those seeds in there. Just a little encouragement for them. You know, they could have chose other places. They could choose other places. And I'm not down in all the other places. But I can tell you that all the other places are not going to teach them some of the things that's going to be embedded in them in the Christian value at, the, at Oklahoma Christian and other Christian universities. And what a blessing to give them a little bit more, a little bit more of God. Something you say to someone. I look back at my life at 62, almost 63, and I'm, I really do reflect more and more on people that have changed my life. People, individuals, people that God brought into my life and orchestrated it. It's just amazing to me how people were brought in my life to change, that changed me and brought me to this point. It's fascinating. I cannot get over the phone call from Carol Rogers for me to come to this place. I, I could go into that whole story, and some need to hear it for the first time. Maybe someday I'll just do a message on that, how God orchestrated that to get me here, not so that you could have me, that I could have you, that I could be a part of your family. That was a God blessing for me. For me. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you took a swing on a swing set? I have a video on my phone of my wife when we were back in Kentucky, uh, in, um, back in the summer, I guess, fall. And um, while we were there, um, her and her sisters were out walking about, and they have this big tree swing in their yard. My wife couldn't wait to get on that swing. Her and her sisters were just standing there and visiting, and they were just, just I just thought, and I videoed it. She didn't know it. She's like, wee! <laughs> Anybody like to swing on a swing? I remember doing that when I was a kid, man. That was one fun thing to do. And especially if somebody came along and gave you a little push. It was like you were flying. And sometimes I was flying when my brother pushed me too hard. <laughs> I was literally flying until I hit the ground. <laughs> now you know why I'm so short. Fell on my head. Thanks, brother. He's laughing from heaven right now. I guarantee it. But oh, what I would give for another push from my brother. Little did I know that when I was a little boy growing up that I would be a preacher. Now, you can go ahead and laugh at that picture if you want. You all have those. That's when I had hair. But I'm still good looking. Just a little tyke. But looking back in my life, go ahead and laugh, that's all right. But looking back in my life, I see those individuals that came along just at the right time to give me a little push. The name Ernie Sanderson doesn't mean anything to you, but it means a great deal to me. Gordon Smith doesn't mean anything to you, but it means a great deal to me. Bob Utley doesn't mean anything to you, but it means a great deal to me. Those were ministers at my church when I was a little boy growing up. 
and they poured into my life more. I, I was never able to tell them that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. L listen to what Scripture says in Matthew. The king will answer and say, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to the one of the least brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. I don't remember one message they preached from the pulpit. I really don't. But I can't tell you the times when the preachers back in the day used to stand in the back and, and every family would take turns and they would file by the preacher to tell them, hey, good lesson, good lesson, good lesson. I can't tell you the times where they, I would go along, just a little tyke, and they'd pat me on the head and say something like, man, it's good to see you today, buddy. Glad you stayed awake. <laughs> Encouragement. A little push. A little swing. A great blessing in my life. Again, I don't remember their messages, but I remember their hearts. They go a long way. God has commanded us to reflect Him in our lives. In the world we are called to shine, and the world sees no difference in us, why would they ever want to follow our Jesus? I think there's a reason why, and I want to say this. There are tons of literature out there. I have a bunch of it on my desk that will tell you why the church is declining. It's declining rapidly. All across the board, all denominations. This, this. And I have, I have read article after article after article it seems of what's the problem what's the problem what's the problem I will tell you the core of the problem and I can tell you how to fix the problem the core of the problem is Christians that claim to be followers of Christ have failed to reflect him in their daily lives and the fix to the problem is us to do what God has called us to do in a world that is dying before our very eyes. We could say, no, we need more lively this, we need more of that, we need a more dynamic preacher, we need bigger screens, better screens, we need this, we need that, we need all these things. And all those things I'm not against, except for the preacher thing, of course, but all those things I'm not against. But let me tell you what we must be of is the core, which is Jesus Christ and Him crucified in our lives. Gandhi said, I would have become a Christian if it wasn't for all the Christians. That speaks volumes. As Christians, we have to be out there what we say we are in here. The light you are the light of the world, Matthew 5 says. Not darkness. That's what we're called out of to go back into so that the world of darkness might have a little light. Correct? All right. Now for those of you. Let me just say it this way. If you've experienced the new birth, then you should be reflecting His likeness in what you do daily. 
for those of you that haven't heard the story and a reminder to the rest of us listen closely you remember the story I started off with with the little girl in the orphanage remember she placed a note under the tree or in the tree and when they found that note it simply read whoever finds this note I love you I want to tell you of another note that God has left on a tree for you. It's called the cross. Jesus was nailed to the cross. And if you will go there to that tree, you can see for yourself the note that he left because it's still there. It simply reads, whoever finds this, I love you. Every time you look at the cross, you should see an encouragement that it brings because of the note Jesus left for you. And that's God's love for you and for me and for the world. Pass it on. Just give somebody a little push. It's all it takes. Maybe today you're here and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. An invitation is open to you. Receive what he offers. Don't reject it any longer. Just say, I'm going to accept it today because he offers it today. Or maybe today you forgot about pushing people along the way. Not pushing them down, but giving them a little push to encourage them. Or maybe you haven't been encouraged and nobody's come along and pushed you lately. I'm sorry. We haven't done that. But come on home. I want to, we want to, the Lord wants to give you a little push. So whatever you need is today. Baptism, water's ready. Prayer, God's ready to hear. Whatever your need is, we stand ready to help you right now. It's together we stand and sing.